You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on life, love, career, family, and modern culture, basically everything. My name is Minji Chang. This is episode 17. I am so sorry, everyone. <laughs> been taking a massive creative sabbatical apparently unintentionally i think i was just burnt out but um it's been a minute since my last episode thank you guys so much for tuning in and being here with me in my virtual living room as we chat about all the things today's feature topic and my featured guest she is amazing and i'm so excited to have her in with me for those of you who are new to the podcast uh we just have a quick featured conversation um very free form and you know just hope that you enjoy it and yeah we're gonna just jump right into it and introduce our guest who is an amazing amazing photographer literally everything she took a photo of me the other day hiking up a mountain and i look epic i don't know what you do but she's an amazing photographer and just creative artist and wanderlust world traveler which is why we're going to talk about all of her adventures being all over the world melly lee hi hello how are you it's uh, interesting. It's like, oh, compliments. How do I take this? <laughs> I, I have that a lot with my guests. I like love being hype woman. No, it's very nice. Thanks for having me here. Thanks for coming. Of course. And it's honestly a rare moment to have Melly and me be in the same place at the same time because both of us are pretty busy people. But also, like, for me, genuinely, like, I look at your Instagram just to see, like, where is Melly? It's more of where I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you do a lot of, um, like, latergrams. You show a lot of the photos that you've taken from a lot of your different travels. So it's like, is she there or is she here? I know. I love it. It's such a mystery. I love it so much. <laughs> so um, what I wanted to bring you in just because you have spent a lot of time traveling everywhere and having so many unique amazing and awful all the things experiences that i think a lot of people you know don't have the opportunity or they don't have the time or for a lot of different reasons we don't all get to kind of travel around the globe and um you've really made that like your lifestyle your career in a lot of ways and it's just kind of like fed into who you are everyone thinks of melly lee and they think beautiful photos and backpacking somewhere awesome awesome i'm literally two dimensions cool yes yes you're in your <laughs> unicorn and star well, we were talking all these things while we hiked uh but yeah how can you can you give us like the root synopsis of how you got into what was like the travel bug or the trip or the place or the time that it bit you because i actually don't know where that origin started mm, it's kind of hard um i think it, it just kind of snowballed um yeah, like I like I was living in LA and working in LA and, and like I mean, you know how it is and you try to hang out with people and then there's like Does that happen? <laughs> it's like, oh let's hang out. Cool. Uh how does your next week look? Like next week comes, no one picks up their phone or like, let's grab coffee and then oh I'm sorry, I'm in traffic. Oh running late, I can't find parking and then by the time you actually meet up, everyone's on their phone. True. So then it just Welcome came- to LA Life slash twenty Oh, I hate it. The millennial times. I don't I hate know. It. Yeah. But like, so then like I started hiking and stuff um, just like over the weekends and I found it was, oh, this is like a great way to get people to actually hang out. 
And haha, we have no cell phone reception, so we have to hang out and talk. That's what we did. We talked as we hiked. We yeah. talked and we got to the top of the mountain. Yeah, no, it was like just a fun way just to get, get people together. And I would just kind of lure my friends like, look how beautiful this looks. Don't you want to go? Respect for doing that. That's what, and honestly, with the work that I do with collaboration, which is like live events and concerts and whatnot, I feel like it's like... To be totally dramatic, it's like a dying art form because we live in a very digital universe, but there's nothing that replaces being together. Yeah, and just having that quality time. Right, right. So you started hiking. Yeah. And then you just started, you wanted to find more unique places to go. Is that how that started? Yeah, pretty much. Like it just became a thing where like I enjoyed it and um, it's just like just that break from everything, just like taking a step back, not thinking about work, not focusing on like just the grind and it just became a thing where I became more ambitious where it's like, oh, cool. Like this day hike was fun or it was fun. And then just wanting to go somewhere farther, somewhere higher, um, wanting to get a different photo or a specific photo at a specific time of day. And yeah. it just kind of all snowballed. That's crazy. So what was the, do you remember the first hike that was that kind of took you out of at least like the SoCal region? Cause you're from Huntington beach. Yeah. And then I live up in the Valley. So, like, we got that region covered. But what, what took you out of California? Or did you go to NorCal or where'd you go? I mean, like, probably like my, my more, most, my more epic backpacking trips have, have been in the Sierra Nevadas. Okay. Just, like, that's where, like, I like I, I, I kind of jokingly, like, like joking, humble, brag, well, yeah, you know, I spent four days hiking in the snow. It was heavy, but, like, it was awesome. That's so badass. <laughs> I can't even. But, like, I think, like, probably one of my more memorable ones was... Um, I went to Alaska with a couple of my college friends and uh, oh, we spent like we spent a night just running around a mountain chasing after the northern lights. So it'd be, Oh my god, <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> so like it was something where we like we did like a 10 mile hike up to a hot spring in Chenna and from there it's like oh, I wonder if we're going to see the northern lights tonight and it was Kind of cool, but kind of also anticlimactic. We just like exited the cabin and like, oh, there, there, there they are. There, there they are. <laughs> there, there they are, just hanging out there. So we like, um, uh, the, one of my friends, he was also into photography. So we were like, okay, cool. Let's like photograph them. And then because it was like at that time, like we thought it was so cold. It was like 30 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. So we'd take a photo. like, it's really cold. So then we'd drop and start doing push-ups just to stay warm. And- I'd probably do the burpees <laughs> too. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, we just ended up like, okay, cool. This was a cool shot. But let's go find more foregrounds and find different ways to photograph these things. So we just ran around the mountain just taking photos. That sounds like incredible. I, I don't know. Like I have I have I have ruminated on this in different episodes with Collabcast and with this ep- this podcast. But just that feeling of feeling like all the different limitations that we put on ourselves. Right. Whether that's by culture or parents or your job, your industry, whatever. I feel like. To me, the reason why that sounds so amazing to me is that it sounds so free. Like you're just literally chasing lights and then you get inspired and you're like, oh, I'm going to do a better shot of the Northern Lights. Let me just run over here. And I feel like, so you're saying that 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 fed, it just kind of keeps growing you as a person because you're just feeling more like, why can't I do this? Absolutely. Right? Like, so then freaking Alaska, man. I want to go so bad now. I'm just like planning all these different trips. Did you, um, actually... Also, like parallel, tangent parallel, but I want to know, like, how did you get into photography? Because I actually really don't know that story. That just was like, that's just how I know you (laughs) as photographer. But I don't know how that even started. Or did you study it? Or like, was it just a hobby that became... Like, it started as a hobby as a kid. And um, like... As a kid. As a kid. My father was really into photography. Um, But 
I think it more so stemmed stemmed from me being really shy as a kid. Okay. Like, I really just wanted to belong and have friends. But like, oh, these other people, how do you talk to people? You told me how many times that you're such an introvert. I am. (laughs) So it's a way for you to like express yourself. Yeah. And be creative. Yeah. And meet people? Um, In school, it was just, it is what I did to meet people because um, I got involved in, um, uh, yearbook and newspaper and that's actually oh. how I got, actually was able to attend like football games um, dances just school events and kind of almost like in a way it kind of broke me out of that show because oh I was here for a purpose I yeah. have to interact I have to document this it's my job yeah yeah and yeah. it just kind of gave reason for it oh my god I was on yearbook stuff too right. I don't remember anything from it <laughs> but I remember there were like layouts and there's a whole thing but that's so cool oh my god we're both yearbook nerds I love it the creative mind came early. Um, wait, okay. So then, then were you? Did you go to school for any like photography stuff, or was it just you just kept building um, portfolio? I, would, I was a good Asian kid up until <laughs> I think freshman year of college, and then I actually ended up like dropping out of school for about a year and a half. Okay, and uh, which school? UCI. Okay, I went in as a bio and math major, and. Okay. Then OCHEM, like two quarters in, happened. Exactly. That's that's actually the that's the thing that that broke me as well from yeah. my whole like doctor path. I was like, yeah, fuck OCHEM. Yeah, I don't like. <laughs> I don't want to look at these ch- a chiral chiral chairs and flip them. I don't. I don't care. I don't even have. You're saying words that are like traumatizing. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. Okay. So then OCHEM happened, and then that's when you. Got out of school for a year and a half? Well, my backup major was applied mathematics. Okay, okay low-key, whatever. <laughs> but then, like, because I, like, I loved AP calculus, like, when I was when I was in high school. It was like, I, I liked spinning graphs around things and then finding out the volume of them. I was really good at that, actually. Yeah, like, visually. I was a total calc nerd. Yeah, visually, it was interesting. That's like, why it made sense to yeah. me. Because in my head, I was like, oh, it's the thing, the area underneath the curve. Yeah, and then you could actually apply it to things. But then this thing happened called, like, abstract math, where now you have to write essays about why equals why x equals two and whether or not one point nine 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 is part of that set. And it's like what does what does this have to do with anything? Why do you want to write me? Why do I? Why should I write an essay about this? I'm done with school. Bye. But it's like but those are essentially were the classes that were the weeder classes. So if you didn't pass them, then well then you have to take them again and wait an entire another year. So I decided to take like just time off school because why am I going to waste another two quarters of tuition off stuff that I'm not going to use? How'd your parents react? Oh, they disowned me. Oh yeah, <laughs> you so you're the problem child as well. I am. High five. <laughs> I am the problem golden child. <laughs> See, it turns around, right? Yeah. Well, it's because like I'm, I'm the oldest in my family, and then my younger brother actually um, he has a uh, I guess he's high on the end of the spectrum. I think you would say it. Okay. I don't know the proper way of saying it, but my brother has autism, essentially. Okay. So um, he like he's completely nonverbal. He um, he can't take really can't take can't take care of himself. So okay. then it's like, ah, oh, this is our our golden child. You're the smart one. You're the oldest one. You're gonna take care of everything. You're gonna be a doctor, or you're not gonna be a doctor. Oh, what just happened? <laughs> what just happened? Wow, so that that's a lot for for you and your parents to like figure out. I mean, so then. The year and a half, so you went back? So you just had a year and a half off and I took, you went back? I took a year and a half off, and during that time, I was like, well, like, essentially, my life plan just went out the door. Like, yeah. well, I've always liked graphic design, and I always liked photography, so I started interning and, like, trying to take up, like, assistant jobs with, like, other photographers. Try to, I got a internship at, like, the local newspaper. 
Wow. So it's just like just trying to be proactive. Like, okay, like I'm also good at this. Yeah. Let me see if I actually invest the time and see if this is worth my like worth my while. Essentially. I mean, this is why I freaking love you, and this is what the the vibe that I've always gotten from you, even prior to ever meeting you. There was like an energy about your work and the way that you presented everything. Like just your Instagram feed, <laughs> because you can still you tell about a person's personality, right? Like you can. Everyone knows I'm sappy as hell, and that I'm really emotional. Like everyone knows that just from my Instagram. But like with you, there was an energy of this proactive nature. Nature. Like I'm, you're very, you yourself are a force of nature, even though you always like categorize just like, oh, I'm just an introvert that like whatever. <laughs> no, like you, you give no fucks. You're just like, I'm going to go do this. This is how it's going to be. And you have a great time doing it. Right. So that's, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm learning bl- brand new things about you, Melly, which is like blowing my mind right now. I didn't know these details, but it says a lot about your character and the things that, I don't know, you just, you're like, okay, so this is. A problem, or this is like a hardship, but this is how I'm going to handle it. I'm going to go work for the newspaper. I'm just going to like focus on what I'm good at and see where that takes me. I think that's that's incredibly admirable because other people that uh, and I've been like that too. But we we can par- be paralyzed, right? Just be like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Let me float or sink or whatever, right? You just kind of get lost. And so I don't know. I'm just again being your hype woman. I think that's <laughs> You're awesome. Re- I think that's really impressive because. You know, it says a lot about just, okay, I'm going to go handle it. Okay, so to fast forward from that, and and you're still so young to me, even though, like, you're not that young, but, like, you're younger <laughs> than me, so I'm Korean, so I just do that to everybody. But, okay, Oni. I know, oh, my God, don't ever do that. <laughs> I never ask people to call me those things. Um, the only people I make is my little brother. So then you have built this career as a photographer, so you, gra- so you graduated UCI. Yes. With... Uh, studio arts. Studio arts, dope. You started at UCI with oh, um, biological sciences. Biological right? sciences, and you you graduated applied mathematics and applied mathematics, and you graduated with studio arts. That's so fucking awesome. Can we make a movie? I want to make a movie about this, and then it would like follow you all over the world. So fast forward, then you're this photographer. You've built a, a portfolio, a career. You've worked with like. Just this is me again, hype woman her, but like I need to. I'm just building context, you guys. But you've worked with major brands and celebrities, and like I love it when you talk about it because you don't care at all, and it's just like meh, <laughs> eh. yeah, another human, which is great because yeah. they are, yeah, they're just other humans. I mean, they're really awesome humans. Yeah, just like half the time, I'm like wow, you're really cool. Who is your your really coolest people that you photographed? I mean, everyone's really cool. It's hard. <laughs> Top 10. I mean, there's like been like childhood, like, yes, like goals. Like I got to sh- uh, photograph Bill Nye the Science Guy. So I'm like, yes, childhood goal. What was that for? Uh, it was for, oh, I forgot now. I forgot what it, what it was for. It was for my, uh, it was for my, my, my past um, startup company, New Media Rockstars. Got it. I forgot what he was promoting or what was the situation, but I got to photograph him and it was awesome. And then you photographed like Alicia Keys. No, that actually didn't happen. Oh, that didn't happen. No, no. That was actually the... I, I flew out to New York because I was doing one of my creative sabbatical things. Yes. Um, and I was supposed to photograph her for... Uh, I think she was promoting an... I, I always forget what they're always promoting. So I, it's something they were supposed to be promoting. I want to really think about it either. I was just like, I'm photographing so-and-so. Yeah, no, and that was the thing for me. Where, like, it, it was kind of like a wake-up call because 
it was just one of the things where it's like, oh my God, like this should be, I think I was like maybe 22 or 23 at the time. So I'm like in my head, I'm like, this is a big deal. Yeah. This is an amazing deal. I went to the studio or whatever two hours before my call time because that's what you're supposed to do. I'm early. Yeah, I am early. Therefore, I'm on time. Yes. But I ended up getting pushed down a lot because just bigger media outlets just showed up. So it's yeah. like, well, who's a small time person? Go away. Right. And like it ended my time ended up being like, oh, you have half an hour now. You have five minutes. Actually, you can only ask questions. Alicia's not doing photos anymore. And oh, it's like, wow. Yeah. And like, and, and like, you know, I, like, I remember leaving the studio being like, oh, I'm so sad because I'm so small and so worthless. No one cares about me. And then Hurricane Sandy happened and I got stuck in Lauren Manhattan. Oh, yeah. That's when you got stuck <laughs> there for a week, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got stuck in, in like, um, my, my friend was very nice. He um, gave me the keys to his apartment while he was on a business trip but he just moved in so it was like this an empty it was there was little like no cups no furniture no power everything's raining outside and hurricanes and you know so you th- this is a great segue because this is again we're setting context Melly is you know she's an introvert creative soul ambitious go-getter who is now fast forward a few years into her career where she misses her shoot with Alicia Keys because she's not high enough on the totem pole and then is stuck in Hurricane Sandy in an empty Manhattan apartment for a week. But this kind of like, I feel like as a flavor of, again, of your character, like you've gone through so many different ordeals and it's kind of only really pushed you further, right? Like you can, now you're like this, you're to me, like you're an adventure seeker because you're very open to like whatever, whatever happens, happens and you'll deal with it. So then this kind of, again, brings me why, like back to why I wanted to have you sit down and talk with me is like all these adventures that you've had you know, in photography, because photography took you all over the world too, right? Like that your work and then just, you know, you on your own, you're like, I want to go do this. So I'm gonna, bye. Um, Let's, let's share those stories. Cause (laughs) when I brought this up to you, you're like, Oh, what do I share? And now I get to find out. (laughs) I mean, I'm an open book. So whatever you want to ask, what were your, okay. So, um, I, you know, you've definitely, sh- we've talked, especially on our hike, because it was a good long hike. And I learned a lot about um, the dynamics of just like being just in foreign places, right? Like every, you know, we, I'm a California girl, I can go to like Louisiana, and it's foreign as hell to me in a way, right? It's yeah. a completely different culture, which is why I love that I've been able to travel a lot really around this country. And I've been to parts of the world, not nearly as much as you have. But um, for me too, like just being abroad and traveling has really, really opened my eyes and kind of just taught me a lot of my, my own ignorance, my privilege and things like that. So I'm really curious as to like, what are some top, like you're like, I'm going to bring in the horror stories. (laughs) But do you have like a top horror or good story? Like one that kind of opened your eyes in a really unexpected way you can do with one or like whichever i guess for context sake i should mention that i grew up in southern california lived in southern california worked here i was educated here um so i decided to do something different and move out of the country for about 10 months yeah um and that started in new zealand um and then oh, i don't know worst things uh, the, the one that comes to mind was like i i, I was in, in the countryside in china and i woke up with cockroaches crawling all over me <laughs> I mean, like that—that's—that's that's something that comes in the context. Like, oh, well, that's something I probably won't tell my the countryside mom. in China. Yeah. Okay. How did you get there? I took a plane to, from Changsha to 
uh, Xi'an, and then I went off from Xi'an into the mountain areas. Like, ah, oh, to go to go hiking, to go hiking. Okay, and, and like, you woke up with crocodiles. <laughs> if I see one like twenty feet away, I die. So to have a bunch of them, ugh, I got like goosebumps. It's gross. <laughs> How did you handle that? It's just like uh, I oh. screamed and flicked them off me. Oh my! And goodness. then it had the, again the, the day after. I was like, well, I guess this is our new standard. Okay, I, I will accept this in my life. Where were you sleeping? I was like sleeping in some guy's kitchen. <laughs> Who, how did you meet this guy? Couch surfing. Oh wow. Okay. See, now we're getting. Okay, so you you're part of like a couch surf. There's like websites, right? Where you, yeah, it's the, it's their official app that like um I started using it while I was in Vietnam because I think like by the time I got to Vietnam, I was like, oh my god, I just really want to speak English with someone. Yeah, that's what, again another thing is like how do you communicate with everybody and. So, okay, with couch surfing, one thing, though, is, like, how do you – so there's – I'm sure there's, like, layers of safety. There's yeah. so many different ways that you can do that now where they verify you or whatever and yeah. have reviews so that you know that this person's not yeah. a lunatic. Yeah. Okay. So how did you – okay, still, though, even with that, I would still – and I've Airbnb'd all over the country, like, random places in, like, Massachusetts and, like, Pennsylvania, et cetera. How did you – how do you feel about that? Does it not flinch – I don't like, I mean, just like having your wits about you and stuff, you just look at someone's profile and you can kind of tell like, is this actually a real person? Right. Um, and also the community is there too. Like whenever I would travel to a new place, I would do a public posting of, hello, I'm so-and-so, uh-huh. uh, I'm going to be here. And then you pretty much can see all the other active users in the area. So you, like, um, there was this one time in Japan where there was this one guy who was being very aggressive and trying to hang out. And then I did, did a hangout with um, a bunch of other travelers. And all the girls were talking like, hey, is this guy messaging you, like, aggressively? Yeah. And it turns out, like, it was that was like kind of a cool, like I guess, safety net. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Like, essentially, all the girls like had had a very similar experience with this person messaging. So it became a thing like, okay, well, let's make sure no one actually meets up with him. Good call. Um, but it's just like just having your wits about you and just kind of like using common sense, even though common sense is not that common. Um, Amen. But I also kind of look at it as like you know, someone's you're going into someone's home and they're opening their doors up to you. Right. So it's like like a lot of people will say like, aren't you afraid you're going to get attacked or robbed? I'm like, yeah, it is a concern, but aren't they afraid that I'm going to attack or rob exactly. them? So it's, it's a two-way street, yeah. very much so. So I would imagine from both sides. And again, you feel that with like Airbnbs. I've stayed in rooms, like I've rented private rooms in someone's house. So I'm like in someone's home. And I feel like it's a very mutual, like I, and again, it comes back to being a woman. Like I feel very, I have to be very vigilant and like, I do not stay at places that do not have at least, you know, 10 to 20 reviews at least. Yeah. Because it's just not safe. So I'm glad to know that this is like, there's like a community of people that make sure that everyone's good, male or female, but like you should know if you guys are safe or not. So yeah. that's, you're getting travel tips also from this. this that's amazing. <laughs> um, so what, so the cockroaches, that's a pretty bad one. You did mention, okay. And then this is something that comes up because you know, it's not something that I want to harp on, but it was really just a very regular, sadly, a really regular part of my experiences abroad, but just getting racism for being Asian. Because um, when I live for those of you guys who don't know, I actually haven't really talked about that on this podcast, but I lived in Paris at two different times. And during that time, I traveled to Amsterdam and Brussels and Spain and um Germany. I need to go to all those places. Morocco. You haven't done Western Europe? I haven't done Europe yet. I've Shut done up. I've done UK. I haven't done Europe. Oh, I just went to the UK recently. That was like a later thing. But um at least in Paris and Spain and a few places like I got ching chonged at 
pretty frequently mm-hmm. and konnichiwa that and then it's just annoying because i'm neither of those ethnicities on top of all that and it's just it, it was a really you know like i just try to deal and not let it ruffle my feathers but at the same time like why the fuck do i have to deal with this every day and i'm like just trying to get to the subway leave me alone and I remember you mentioned which country was it? Like you, I mean, you've been a lot of different places. It was uh, in South South Island, New Zealand, was actually where I actually encountered my first, I guess, racist okay. experience. And that was like a very kind of confrontational. It was pretty confrontational. Yeah, and huh. this person was just like belligerent at you. He was like uh, some angry Frenchman. <laughs> oh yeah, the French guy. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Like I. I will admit, like, right off the bat that I was in the wrong because uh, my friend and I, um, my friend that was visiting me, we went down to the South Island to go check things out. And um, the Airbnb we're staying at, I let the owner know, like, hey, um, I'm going to be coming in late. Is this okay? And she said it was fine, gave me instructions and stuff. And I guess the other room was rented out by this French couple. And when I came in, um, all of a sudden I hear, like, things slamming and he comes up to me. My friend's like, do you guys really have to do this right now? And I'm like, you know, I didn't know who he was in the beginning. So I'm like, oh, maybe he's the owner. It's like, oh, you know, we're sorry. We just got in. And then in the morning, as I'm making coffee, he come, this guy walks in again. And then it kind of registers in my head. Like, oh, he's another guest. Uh-huh. He's like, are you from China? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I'm like, good morning. No, I'm not from China. Good morning to you, too. Good morning. Bo- I'm not from China. Mm-hmm. And then it just comes down. Like, it, I think he just wanted to pick a fight with someone because it was like after he found out I was American I got every like American like stereotype thing like oh like I'm sure you're happy about Trump or oh like where's your gun I bet you want to shoot me and like that, that was kind of like a good experience in a way because like I'm not like like I'm not I'm not a confrontational person yeah so that was actually the first time where I've actually like yelled at someone back like yeah or you just stand up for yourself like this guy's just being a freaking Cause dickwad because it, it's one of those things where like I, I see what's I, I see what's going on you're thinking little Asian girl and then I was like, and then I'm like, I'm like, you know, sir, I am sorry I woke up you and your wife last night, but here's the deal: you do not attack me from maybe being from China. You also do not attack me for being American. Yeah. And also, just because I'm a woman doesn't give you the right to speak to me in this way. Yeah. So I have already apologized for waking you up at night, but I'm sorry. The owner said I could come in that I could come in at this hour. Yeah. And on top of that, you have no right to speak to me like this. Yeah. That's just like okay, I'm being like. It's just unneighborly. Like, as a person, like, chill chill the fuck out. Yeah. That's terrible. So and you guys, like, yelled at each other. Did he ever apologize? He never apologized. <sighs> but, like, I don't know. Like, in hindsight, I'm like, well, that's, this was a good experience because it's, like, even now, like, I, that, you know, that's, that's my first time where I've had to, like, be assertive or aggressive, however you want to interpret that as, and just, like, stand up for myself and also, I like, say assertive, not aggressive. I mean, you are being... You know, you're owning your space and the 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 right to be treated respectfully. Yeah. So good for you. I mean, it's. I wish I was. I would have backed you up. I would have been your <laughs> Luther man. I would have been like your anger translator. I'd be like, excuse me. <laughs> can I? Can we please do that? Can, <laughs> I just, can, can we please? I'll go. Sometimes? I'm cool. Just well, because the thing is, like, I would when I lived in Paris the first time, Bush was president, so I got tons of like. There were like caricatures of him in France, yeah, of people making fun of George Bush because he was like a buffoon at the time, and I mean it's not nearly as bad. Who knew it could get so much worse? Um, we're living it now, but like I feel like all these you know experiences are very eye opening as to like how we're seen 
you know, we either as in what you appear to be versus what you are. And then what, you know, when you open your mouth and you have an American accent, yeah, whatever, what people will think of you and how they'll react. That's really, I mean, again, there's a lot of people probably in this country who've not really gone too far out of the country. That was actually one of the things too, where like, Ooh, you're an American. How come you guys don't leave your country that much? And that's like, that's the thing where I think, perspective on the rest of the world they don't realize how big the united states is it's gigantic yeah and like so it's one of the things where like well a lot of americans don't have their passports because our country is so big and it's so diverse there's a lot of beautiful things within our country right so it's just people travel within within the states and i've also kind of came up with my own conspiracy theories that like our media doesn't want us leaving interesting <laughs> like okay like hostile we have a, a, a horror series about americans going somewhere and they get killed and raped we also have a series <laughs> called taken where <laughs> americans again leave the country and get sex trafficked and we need to be saved that is really interesting <laughs> we need to do a catalog i want to i want to kind of like dive into this and like do a catalog of all the like international travel because there's not that many international travel stories yeah, and if there are, we need to be saved. Or the bad guy lives there. By Liam Neeson. Yeah, or the, or the bad guy lives there. And he there. will save us. Yeah, no, I, yeah. And a lot of foreign people are depicted as like villain, villainous or et cetera. There's a lot, I mean, okay, like this is just kind of off the top of my head, but I, I personally, I hope I, I'm not, I don't know. I, I don't consume enough media, I feel like, to be a proper <laughs> analyst on this because. I watch a lot of like international things or whatever. So I just feel like I'd be bad commentary, but okay. So those are like, and that sucks. And like, that's the real side of traveling, you know, and it's not to like paint a negative picture, but it's to paint a real realistic picture. You're kind of like, again, having your wits about you equates to a lot of different things for different people. I've talked a lot with my guy friends that are like, I never have to worry as much as you do about safety. Like they can pick up and go. And that's something, honestly, I've envied for a really large portion of my life. It's like, I want to go X, Y, Z. I I have gotten increasingly adventurous and like, I like exploring. I'm actually very good. I'm super good with maps. I love figuring out places to go. I'm very like resourceful. If I have the internet, I can figure out a free place to do X, Y, Z on whatever night. I love that stuff. But one of the limitations for me is like, I can't go because I might get kidnapped. Like literally it's, you may be taken has really... (laughs) influenced my see but like i've had i've been also grabbed and slapped like in spain some guy like that was he was the final straw i actually kicked a guy in the nuts because he was the final konichiwa that or like i could not handle it i just had it up to here and then he he uh coupled his konichiwa with an ass slap and i just turned around and i kicked him in the balls I was like, I don't know what I said. I said something. I yelled something, but it was in a club and I was just like not having it. So like there have been things where I've felt unsafe. So it kind of leads to and I went to India and I remember, you know, it was for a wedding. So it was a really fun event, but a lot of like logistics and a lot of stress. But there are men following me. And again, I stick out like a sore thumb when I'm in Mumbai, you know. And there were men um, in their cars, like following my friends and me at the bridesmaids. We were just like walking and trying to shop. And there's their guys in their car following us. And this happens in India where women get raped and like get kidnapped. And it's in their newspaper. It was in a newspaper that I saw some random day. So it's things like that, that like not to turn this into like, you know, taken 3.0 but it's 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 important to think of those things so that you have some sort of safety net that you have a process or you you um sadly can't just like take off and go somewhere without telling anybody right you got to tell people that's how i operate even when i go to like 
dates from online dating. I'm like, I'm going to be here. I let people know. Do you do that? Um, I have a handful of friends. I do let them know. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's more of like also kind of uh, like my, my backpacking partner, for instance. Um, he constantly knows where I'm at mm-hmm. because he's also like, he's a very level-headed human being. Yeah. Um, and he's like spent seven years in the military. Wow. So it's okay. one of those things where it's like, if I'm in trouble, you know exactly who to contact and what to do. Yeah. Which is where my parents get like, especially my, my, poor, my poor mother. <laughs> my poor mother. I know. I'm like, I get, I'm like the motherly type. You're like, oh my God, Melly. My poor mother. Are you okay? Well, it's like, because I, my mom's kind of one of the last people to know where I'm at. Of course. But like my, my, my father knows, but it's also because if I, if, my mom, if I were to tell my mom, like, oh, I, I got hurt, yeah. she would go into panic mode. Yeah. As like, dude, stop, stop, calm down. Can you please take the appropriate actions to get me out of insert situation? Yeah. I was like, you do not have that. Lo- she would just kind of like fall apart. Yeah. You don't, you do not have the logical capacity to process this. So you're just going to be the last one to know. Because- well, I'm glad that someone knows. That's all I care about. It's like, yeah, okay, military guy. Cool. Well, because <laughs> even when I'm like backpacking or like where I'm backpacking off trail and like my, I have a satellite device where I can call S. And I can also message a certain number of people and yes. send them like my GPS coordinates. Good for you. So my father is on is on that um, on that little messaging thing. That's great. And like that turned into an argument between me and my mother because she's like, "Why is your father on here?" I'm like, "Because you will abuse it. You will send me a ton of messages, which will rack up in like costs." Yeah. Whereas dad just needs to know, okay, daughter's here. Okay, we're fine. Yeah. But How do you get one of those satellite thingies? It's quite expensive. Okay. Like it's a four hundred fifty dollar device plus subscription fees. Wow. But, but I feel like if you're like a dedicated traveler and you want to do these adventures, that's, yeah, it's a it's a very worthy yeah, and, sorry, and then cost to have. Yeah, and it's one of those things where like I split with my backpacking crew um, when we do like uh, wilderness backpacking trips. Okay, so it's like things where it's like if you're going in the middle of like Zion National Park in the winter months where everything looks the same because it's all covered in white snow. Uh huh. And you want to have one of these devices just in case like weather changes. Like yeah. if, a, if the weather suddenly goes bad, you kind of want to know ahead of the time. Right. So you can start changing your route to get back to your car or to get yeah. somewhere like a safer location. It's just like, you know, a precaution. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even think of that. And I wanted to go. I was like, oh, I should go to Utah. And like, da, 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 da. I mean, but that's, that's so real. And I've even faced that with like snowboarding and that's on like marked trails, you know what I mean? With signs and lodge this way. It's amazing how one can get lost even when there are very clear signs everywhere. So that's, I don't know, this is super helpful. I feel like this is also like travel and adventure 101 is to do it in a smart way. Yeah. Um, which I think is, that's empowering. Honestly, it gives you feel, I think it would help make people feel more confident. Like, okay, I thought of all these things. I'm letting people know where I'm going. I have my satellite device and let's, you know, go. And then everything else you can really find on Google, like what should I pack, you know, how to prepare for weather and stuff. But I feel like these cultural things and these subtle, more nuanced things that maybe aren't, you know, talked about that much. I feel like, I don't know, I'm just learning a lot just based on your adventures. What's okay. I don't want to like leave it on the, the really positive note. Cause that's what I like to do. What are like the best like places that, what are the things that you experience that change your life in like a magical way? I mean, um, I know you appreciate all of it. I appreciate everything. Yeah, um, you do. <laughs> um, I, I, just, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't really know because everything. Uh, this is such a hard. How dare you? I'm offended by <laughs> this. I love I'm, you. I'm offended by this. I open want you question. to re- relive a good moment. I mean, they're all good moments. This is horrible. I hate you right what now. A random. Ra- okay, just choose a random country off the top of your head. Uh, 
<laughs> well, you went to Vietnam. I, that's the place I really want to go. I love Vietnam. I really want to I go love, there. Oh, I can't. Oh, I can't really. Can I say that? What? <laughs> I love being rich. <laughs> that about to say? It's a benefit. Hello. I mean, I'm gonna like up my income so I can do whatever I want. I mean, like. I forgot the exact change rate, but like a hundred US dollars is like a few million dollars. And that's what I'm saying. Um, See, rich and that that word even is like super different based on where you go, right? Like, yeah. I mean, the thing is, I finally, I think one of the reasons why I was never that interested in going to Japan is because I constantly heard how expensive it is. Uh, Japan's, I would say Japan's not that expensive. I feel like it's it changed. More, out. I heard this like way back. Uh, it, it just depends on what you're comparing it to. I mean, like, it's about the same as the States, okay. but, like, compared to China, for instance, like, one of my pet peeves was, like, when I went from uh, Xi'an to Shanghai, it was maybe 90 US dollars to take a high-speed train going across, and that was about, like, six or seven hours. Okay. Whereas in Japan, to go from, um, I think I took a train from Tokyo to Gotenbo, which is, like, the city near Mount Fuji. Okay. It was like 180, and I'm like, yo, like See? half that mount, I gotta See? go across the entire China. You're telling me I got <laughs> like this two hour train ride is this costs double that much? What the heck? Like this better come with something. Exactly, it's all about context, and I didn't think of that until when I got to um, Europe because I went to Europe two different times, and the dollar was very different. Yeah, so like what I was able to eat and experience and things like that, it made me experience it differently i'm not complaining because it made me craftier in a certain way i was like okay can't afford that yeah um what am i gonna do okay do i care more about shopping because i'm in paris for god's sake and i want to like you kind of get influenced by their style and like oh they have all these stores but they all were in america within the year like zara i thought zara like mango even like freaking h&m back in the day it wasn't in the states so it was like a big deal to shop there and now and like and now i'm like super annoyed because i was like i wasted how much money on stupid <laughs> h&m and it was in the country within the year after i got back and i could have like you know gone yeah. to the louvre more or something you know yeah or taken a flight to nice or like done something different yeah but no shopping <laughs> i think that's like a benefit that i have that like you know someone's probably gonna shake me for this but i'm not a foodie i'm not into shopping <laughs> I was like, I don't really care about that. That's that's part of the travel experience, though, right? You choose you choose what you're into. Yeah, it's like just things where it's like when you ask me, like, you know, what's the, it's just so hard to sum up and stuff, just because it's like, well, in hind, like, like, like there was moments, like, especially in like Vietnam, where like, I'm like I really want to speak English, or I really miss my friends, or I really want to be somewhere where there's clean air again, because Saigon has horrible air. A lot of Asia has horrible air. Yeah, and this is things where it's just like you just get kind of tired and overwhelmed, especially like if you're in, an introvert person and you're in a country that doesn't have that much space yeah there's a lot of times you'll just get into a situation where like i really don't want people touching me bumping into me right 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 i'm really tired of certain things right i really want to go someplace quiet because even if you go back to a hostel like there's still people tons of people yeah right um but then there's like then the lincoln heights i'm like well out of that situation i really like the fact that i oh here's a favorite memory okay yeah um like in vietnam like i was really i just really want to be by myself <laughs> uh-huh so um I, people too many people i want to i want to get away um i ended up renting a motorbike and um a fuck hook taught me how to ride a motorbike so what? that was really fun that's so cool yeah and, and how the, many there's a lot of people that probably would never even think of that like i think it was more just like i because uh 
the fuck cook lady. Well, as a lady too, that was like, kind of awesome. Where I was just like, I'm pointing at the bike and I'm like, help. <laughs> and then she yeah, just, I'm really on fire right now. <laughs> and then she like just taught me how she was teaching me how to ride without really using English. Yeah. So that was kind of like a fun like charades. That probably not the safest thing. In the, right, 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 right. But it was it was it was a fun experience, just like learning how to ride and then actually being able to ride up to like um up to up north to Hanoi and then going from there to Sapa to Halong Bay. Like, that's so cool. See, I would totally opt for that. Yeah. That's, like, I'm, I, I love food, but I, I guess I'm not as big as a foodie. Like some people really spend a lot of energy finding, you know, and, and depending whatever your price point is, but like the finest dining in all of it, of all of Vietnam. And then like making that their journey for me, it's more like experiences. It's a mix of experiences, experiences slash like nature. Yeah. Like I want to see what is different about this country that is different than home or yeah. even city like in the u.s i go running a lot because i would like explore one of my stories um steve Lim punk he lived in virginia and roslyn and he lived right by georgetown it's stupid beautiful and i go running because i would like crash i was couch surfing at his house for collaboration and i'll get up in the morning and go for a run because i just want to explore and he had never he'd been living there for like a few years and then one morning he's like I want to go with you. And I was like, yeah, come with me. And then we're running and he's like, wow, this is really pretty. And this is his backyard. And I was like, what's the matter with you? <laughs> this is one of the most beautiful, like we're running in Georgetown along the water and it's like stunning. And he's like, wow, oh, I should get out more. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah. Like as like, in, and also like when I was in New Zealand, stuff, so kind of getting out more, uh-huh. um, like my friends and I are also really into fitness. Nice. So, but there's like, you know, on travel days, a lot, like a lot of people have time, hard times like maintaining their weight because you want to experience everything. You want to eat everything. Um, and I, every time like my friend, my a friend, my friends and I would take like road trips and stuff in New Zealand. We would make up travel games where, okay, um, like we have to get some form of exercise in. Either we're going to run someplace new uh-huh. or if there's something tall, we're going to climb it. Or if there's a body of water, we have to jump and swim in it. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was like a really fun game to play just to kind of keep yourself exploring and keep yourself experiencing new things. That's awesome. Oh, my God. I have so many ideas now. So many places I have to go. Okay, we have to, sadly we have to, I want to bring you back cuz again, I want to bring everybody I bring in back cuz I think you have a lot more to share. And um I'm going to make it more focused cuz I can further torture you like I hate these questions. Well, cuz there's just so much like what do you want me to talk about? Everything. Like, I don't think you cuz like oh, that's another thing too. It's like if you get me talking about China, oh my god. <laughs> exactly. And I actually really want to hear about that cuz you know, I grew up Koreanese cuz my best friend's Chinese American, but she's we've we've shared our stories of being in different she's traveled all over the freaking world too but i don't know a lot about china like marvin who's our sound engineer sitting here so quietly going to be editing this soon but um you know he tell we i hear stories about it i want to hear about china and amongst other places so this is definitely not the end of this conversation but um what i guess to kind of wrap it up what would you um maybe this is too loaded of a question not loaded but it could require a long answer just curious, like, what are your your top recommendations to people who haven't really, who maybe are in that place where they like they want to go to all these different places, don't know where to start? Like, where would you, where would you tell like a novice novice traveler or adventurer? New Zealand, one hundred percent for real, hundred percent. Why? Why New Zealand? Because New Zealand, you don't need another language. That's one thing. Okay, that's good. That's that's a huge thing. It's also um, there is no natural predators. 
Okay. Because New Zealand doesn't have mammals. They have birds. <laughs> oh, I did not know that. Also, all their insects and like there's no snakes. There's no lizards. So um, right now I'm thinking of Florida as like the port- polar opposite where there's like alligators and bugs. and like- <laughs> Yeah, there's like there's I mean, the, the thing is that like in terms of like natural natural dangers, they don't have any um, predators. They don't have anything poisonous. Even the bugs aren't poisonous. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah, it's an amazing magical. So place. it's a very safe place. I love New Zealand. Might, I might. love New Zealand. <laughs> I want to go. Okay. Um, it's e- like the thing is too is like New Zealand is maybe slightly bigger than the state of California, oh. but it has like every single landscape possible, like in one country. So if you want to see a lot, then just go to New Zealand. That's awesome. And um, what's their cuisine like? Just really randomly. Oh, this is gonna sound so mean, but like their meats are so good because you can taste the happiness and freedom in all the cows and sheep. (laughs) (laughs) So America can learn a thing or two. Well, uh, because they're (laughs) like okay, so like when you drive up the five going to NorCal, right? You see all the cows and they're pent up. Sad. Like they're just squished together. But when you drive through New Zealand, you see heaps of space. Yeah. And like you see a bunch of cl- cows clustered together, even though there's lots of space. So they they're want, just hanging out. They want to be friends with each other. And then we eat them. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's so horrible because like after like a couple of months when I was living out there, it's like we would just drive by cows. I'm like, mm, pre dumplings. Oh I my can't God. wait to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> the things you learn, the way your perspective change. But you're like, oh my God, I miss me- Mexican food so much. I mean, we're California and SoCal too. But like, here's the thing. Limes don't exist in many places of the world. Really? Because like, yeah, when I was, when I was living in Auckland, um, my flatmates and I, because we're all Californian, we were like, you know what? We, we, we can do this. We've lived in California so long. We can, we can make fajitas. We can make tacos. And it was impossible. We went on the grand cumin hunt because it was a really hard to find cumin, which is like what you use to marinate and, yeah. all, and flavor your meats. That so, was hard to do. And then we went to make salsa. We couldn't find like proper limes. Interesting. Yeah, because like all the limes that were at least were that were growing around New Zealand were just very dry. The things we take for granted—that's another thing to keep in mind. Like you just don't get access to a lot of different things. Honestly, this sounds snobby as fuck. I don't care. But when I, after I lived in Paris, I couldn't eat bread. You oh know, yeah, anywhere. <laughs> I was like, ugh, what is this swill? You know. But you're just like it, you get very very lucky to enjoy something local, and that's their specialty but damn french yeah. bread i will also argue that new zealand has better chinese food than mainland china shut up yes them's fighting words they are fighting words okay but i've been to china and i will argue that i want to go well because like like if you think about it the produce is better okay and also auckland has a um a population of mainland chinese immigrating into the into the city uh-huh so you have people that know how to make it but nice. they have better stuff to make it with. That's really, really important. The ingredients are like, you know, you got the finesse and the skill and then you got the ingredients. Yeah. I really want to go eat. <laughs> I'm hungry yeah, in general. <laughs> what's Okay. And then what's kind of like a life takeaway? What's like one of the top things that you've learned as a person, as Melly? Ooh, you and your hard questions. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 when, I moved, when I moved originally, like the intention was um, to learn to embrace the ambiguous I was calling it. Okay. Um, just cause like, especially like when you live in LA and stuff, you get into this habit of what's the next thing? What am I doing? What is my life path trajectory and where am I going to land? Mm-hmm. And it was just one of things like you can't control everything. And it was like a hard lesson for me to actually like, Word. like it's something I knew, but like to actually accept and embrace it, it was very difficult. Yeah. So for me, it became a thing like, well, I really want to change my character somehow. And then for me, like, like uh, at least like as far as I can think back, it's like any time like I could predict what was going to happen to me next, it was never a good sign. Because okay. then it's like like for instance like thinking about things were what am I going to do next year if I lived in LA like right before I moved like well 
um, I guess more context was uh, my roommate at the time. She, her, and her husband were expecting their first child, so I had to get out. Okay. Um. So your future was a question mark. So my so yeah, it, not not a question mark because like they gave us head notes like, hey, you know, we love your roommates, but um, baby's coming, so get out, but go away. <laughs> um. So which so that just kind of made me start looking for apartments, which were extremely expensive out here. And it was thing where like, okay, I know exactly what's going to happen. I will find another apartment. I will pay an absurd amount. I will probably still complain about parking, still complain <laughs> about traffic. So real. And then find, try to hustle and find more gigs just to pay the same. It's like, oh, I already know my life. This sounds very not progressive whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So for me, it became things where I started reflecting back and thinking, okay, I grew up down here. I work out here. So what if we completely did something new? So let's move. And then from there, well, I'm also not 30 yet, which makes me eligible to get um, working holiday visas at certain countries. So then I'm like, okay, well, this is a limited, a limited opportunity. So let me move out of the country and, you know, just go. And I, wow. with that, with that, with that expectation too, it was like, I didn't know what I was going to expect. I was to expect like, will I get a job? Will I be the typical expat? Will I do like travel blogging or whatever? And or do I have to be a barista somewhere? Or like, yeah. And yeah. Like just all like... Like, I had, like, a relative plan, but pretty much everything just went out the window, and it just became more just, all right, this is an opportunity. Um, You can take it or you can leave it. And uh, and you took it. I took it. So it's just, like, all these, like, random things. Like, when I got to New Zealand, I thought, like, oh, I'm going to be a travel blogger. You know? <laughs> How'd that pan out? Um, I turned – well, that's a, a thing that I think will surprise a lot of people was that um, I actually learned to be more in the moment. So then I actually ended up sending my big camera back home to the States and I just kind of shot everything on a point and shoot. Wow. Um, you know, I, th- I thought maybe I would do that. I thought I would like work more with the ad agencies, but instead like I ended up getting, um, becoming a uh, background extra with occasional lines in Power Rangers. And that's, <laughs> that's a, so cool. Yes, all these like random things. And I thought I would spend a year in New Zealand at least because that's when my visa was, uh, was good for. Um, but then when my flatmates all moved back to California, it's kind of expensive to stay in Auckland by yourself. So then I'm like, well, actually, if I squat through Asia, that's a lot cheaper. So let me squat through Asia. So I ended up going backpacking through Asia for three months. <laughs> my God. So it's no. just like a lot of things where it's just like, well, this is happening. What do we want to do about it? Yeah. So there's like that. And I think like just being more open and just... I don't know, just being more open, accepting of things that come. And I think a big one, like a big change for me was like realizing how precious uh, relationships are to me. Mm-hmm. Cause like before I was like, oh, there's people, oh, whatever. Get They're, away from me. I would be alone. I would be alone. But then like, you know, there's. When just, you are alone for huh? a long time. <laughs> yeah. When you're, I think it's, it's when you're alone all the time, but also you just kind of like start to realize like who you actually care about and who yeah. you want to, and also like, who do you choose in your life? And also who chooses you back? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, when you're physically away from someone, like, distance-wise, and also having, like, especially in China, for instance, because of all the blocks with their firewall. Yeah. Like, you have, like, you have, like, digital blocks. You also have a time zone. So then you kind of realize, like, there's a limited amount of time that I can spend to actually reach out to people back home. Yeah. So who do I call? And also, who also calls me? Who also, like, messages me and checks me? Checks on you. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, that's so real. I'm, like, I'm, like, contemplating my whole life right now. <laughs> Well, wistful. No, I mean, that's that's an incredibly precious thing to experience. And that's why, you know, I'm always going to be a proponent of that, of like, go out of your comfort zone, wherever that may take you. Yeah. Obviously, be safe. Have a satellite yeah, device, and, if, you know. Well, I mean, like, you don't really need to have that. But I think the big thing is, too, is just like, just being responsible about it. Because a lot of, yeah. it, like, I like I haven't really talked about it that much. Really, people just assume that, oh, maybe just runs around and just, like, shoots and just make, gets no. money that way. It's like, uh, no, I 
knew I was going to possibly travel by myself for a long period of time. So there was a lot of like downsizing while I was in the States and there yeah. was also saving and also contemplating how would I like generate income while abroad. Right. So like and sustain yourself and be safe and all the things. Yeah. And yeah. just, you know, just being responsible about, about things. Which is why you're so much more mature and wise beyond your years. Oh no, I'm, I'm no, no, no. Yes. No, 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 the no. hyping continues. No, but I, I, I just, I, I appreciate you being able to like come here and share that wisdom. I think again, it's like tip of the iceberg. I know you have a lot more, like a lot more experiences, a lot more wisdom to share and like funny stories too, which I will never get sick of hearing because I'm sure you have so many, but, um, just no, like I really appreciate you. I think your life is really incredible. Not for the fact that everything seems like rosy and perfect and like whatever, but it's you, you, you take life by, by the balls, like, you know, and like <laughs> that sounds very aggressive, but you, you kind of, you just take life, you know, you take it all. And, um, for me, it, it, given my, my history, my past and like, Again, like I told you, like I had a, a boyfriend. Honestly, that one relationship at a young age really taught me the power of choice and the power of um, valuing your your ability to choose and the people in your life and who you trust and how you just use your time in general. You you learn those lessons in all these different ways. So I think your story is incredibly empowering and it's really inspiring because maybe there is some place or something that people want to do out there that they're just like, oh, I don't know. But maybe you just need that little nudge of like, just do it, you know, just let it, let it, let it flow. Like see where it takes you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, I think you guys should also check out Melly's work because her art is just incredible. So I want you to like plug yourself. <laughs> where can people find out more about you? Um, you can see what I actually do for work at <laughs> MellyLee.com and you can get a healthy dose of wanderlust on uh, my Instagram which is Lee underscore with that stupid line at the end of it why do you have the underscore someone else has Be- your name so, well it started off with stupid Twitter because <laughs> like I, I, was tra- I, I was trying to get um, I was trying to get Melly Lee uh-huh. and then Melly Lee was Melissa Hill in Michigan and she still only has four followers on a private can't, account can't you just like you can't message her some other way no I've tried messaging her I tried to think of Twitter I'm like I want my name so I got loving whatever I'll put the underscore at the end okay and then um, when Instagram because remember when Instagram was connected, it would yeah. if someone tagged you, it would show up as your Twitter account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I had to make. Oh, my so you're forced. Yeah, so I made my Instagram account the same name because technology. Yeah. <laughs> well, we will get you your name one day. It's um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for coming and chatting. No, absolutely. Thank me. you for having me and joining me on the awesome hike yesterday. Yeah, it was amazing. No, I'm like my legs are hurting, but in in the best way. <laughs> I do not complain. Um. And uh, thank you to Marvin Yue, my audio engineer, helping me produce this podcast. We heart you so much. And uh, thank you to Aquafina for her song, Yellow Ranger, one of my favorite songs. And um, if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, you can follow at First of All Pod. No cast at the end, just pod. And if you'd like to support me and support my work with this podcast, you can go to patreon.com backslash first of all podcast and um yeah become a contributor to building this channel i promise i'll be more consistent because i'm gonna put out two episodes this week yay and with that i hope you have an amazing amazing week and uh be happy love fully explore adventure is out there take care bye Sink it, sink it.